The following podcast is a glimpse into the life of Ecclesia Houston. We pray it is a blessing as you seek to follow Jesus, the liberating King, and live in His kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. Ecclesia, it is, as always, such a joy to be together. Thank you for being a part of this sacred time we get to cultivate as a family. Another emotional week as joy and grief never seem far from one another. And so I invite you to join me in prayer as we ask God to lead us in this time of worship, community, direction. These words come from the Book of Common Prayer for the healing of deep wounds. Oh God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, our only Savior, the Prince of Peace. Give us grace, seriously, to lay to heart the great dangers we are in by our unhappy divisions. 
Take away all hatred and prejudice in whatever else may hinder us from godly union and concord. That as there is but one body and one spirit, one hope of our calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of us all, so we may be of one heart and of one soul, united in one holy bond of truth and peace, of faith and charity, and may with one mind and one mouth glorify Thee, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Make us one. Amen. Family, let's join together in one voice as we continue to worship. Truly our hope is in you Truly 
hope is in you. Truly, our hope is in As the universe 
Alessia, as we desire as a family to be responsible stewards of the resources, the gifts that God has entrusted us with together so that we can serve the community, so that we can serve our partners around the world. Uh, Part of that is a time of offering that we get to join together those gifts as brothers and sisters in this one family of faith. So join me in this prayer. God, our provider and sustainer, you bind all of creation together, every molecule a gift from your hand. The life and love of Jesus display the power of generosity. Two fish and five loaves multiplied to feed thousands. We give because we belong to you and to one another. We give trusting that you will use these gifts to do what none of us can do alone. We open our hands in joy and hope. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Ecclesia, now is the time in our service where we get to offer some invitations and gratitude to you. We are continuing our outdoor services on the west side every Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. We invite you to join us for music, prayer, and a short message, all outdoors and following protocols for everyone's safety. To sign up, you can go to ecclesiahouston.org. And in the spirit of generosity and hospitality, we continue to provide hot meals and protective items for our vulnerable friends from around Houston. If you would like to be part of these rhythms of hospitality and kindness, you can bring donations to one of our campuses, or you can shop through our Amazon wish list and have the items delivered. If you go to ecclesiahouston.org outreach, you will see a full list of supplies, days and times of donation drop-offs, and a link to our Amazon wishlist page. Ecclesia, we seek not only to be a local church, but a global church as well. Our friends and partners in Mexico City at El Pozo de Vida, meaning the well of life, are on the front lines of the fight against human trafficking in Mexico and throughout Central America. And they have been our hosts and guides when we have traveled there. They are hosting a virtual gala at the end of the month on January 31st at 8 p.m. It is free to attend and promises to be an impactful night. You'll learn about how they approach prevention, intervention, and restoration of individuals, families, and communities who are vulnerable to trafficking so that they can experience freedom and a fresh hope in life. To sign up for the event, you can go to elpozodevida.org.mx. And if you would like to join these efforts through giving, you can do that by texting your donation amount to 84321. Thank you for helping our community be the hands and feet of Christ in this way. Sisters and brothers, we've gotten to extend our gratitude to you for your generosity. 
Let's take a pause right now and think of what you are grateful for in your life and offer that as a prayer to God in this moment. Amen. And now let us ask God to open our hearts, our minds, and our souls as Pastor Chris gives our message today. Ecclesia, this is Pastor Chris, and I'm thrilled to teach you for the second time in 2021. Uh, what a year so far, and I'm hoping today that you're feeling hopeful and optimistic about what God has for you, uh, not just for our country, but for the world and for your family, uh, hopefully for what you get to do in life and in business. This week, I've spent some extra time taking a look at what actually happened in 2020 and where are we? And a friend shared with me a private report that has been really fascinating. And part of what uh, it states very clearly is that what was already a problem in our country of income inequality. Basically, we've got the rich and we have the poor. You know what's happened in 2020? That gap's widened. And so there are some of us that have been able to keep doing our jobs. In fact, um, like me, I'm, I'm going to preach once this weekend and all of you uh, will get to experience it. Um, in years past, I'd preach over and over and over again. Uh, in some ways, I've been able to do my job in more efficient and effective ways. And some of you are able to work and you're, you're able to work from your couch. And there are others, right, that are frontline workers, uh, that work in tourism, uh, that are flight attendants. And their work has disappeared. Some of us are still doing our jobs and able to make the same salary. And you know what? Um, We've actually saved money. This is what the data shows. That a lot of us have saved money because we're not eating out in the same way. And we're not traveling. We're not planning vacations. And we've actually saved some money. And we paid off some credit cards. And we put our family in a better financial position. And others that were struggling already are in a really difficult and desperate place. And so as we enter a new year, as government shifts and administration shift. As we look at our own life and relationships, I, I wonder today, what does it look like to be a people that are starting over? Um, many of us have a soundtrack for 2020, and for me, it's been a lot of Chris Stapleton, right? And when that song comes on, you may or may not know it, right? Starting over. And I just have this sense, like I hear that melody, and he, he says a few things in it, right? He, he talks about um, nobody wins that's afraid of losing, and the hard roads are the ones worth choosing. And I feel like I've had to choose some hard roads, and maybe you have too as well. Um, but that you're going to, as the song promises, uh, look back with a smile and believe that God's doing something different. Last week, I reminded you that one of the most important figures in all of church history, a guy that wrote the majority of the New Testament, used to be named Saul. We call him Paul. He was a domestic terrorist. And he became the leader and founder in many ways of the early church. Can you imagine what it would have been like to be Saul and show up in a church where you had likely persecuted, terrorized, or even been a part of an execution of one of the family members of one of the believers in that church? Can you imagine the shame and the pain that you'd feel? Saul felt it, no doubt. And somehow, with God's help, he was able to start over. And whether it's just about a new year, G.K. Chesterton uh, says it this way. 
The object of a new year is not that we should have a new year. It is that we should have a new soul and a new nose, new feet, a new backbone, new ears, and new eyes. Unless a particular man or woman made new year resolutions, he or she would make no resolutions. Unless a man starts afresh about things, he will certainly do nothing effective. Now, I don't know if you've set new year's resolutions or not, but my hope and prayer is that for you and for me, that we're all starting over, that we've got an opportunity to start fresh and to experience some new things, some beautiful things. And to get a fresh start, the challenge is that um, we, we tend to repeat many of the same mistakes. In Ecclesiastes, uh, one of the richest, wisest men to ever live talks about, and we may dive into this in coming weeks, Solomon talks about the futility of life, the, the sense that every day kind of feels like Groundhog Day, right? If you watch that Bill Murray movie, for some of you, it's your favorite movie. I don't know how people watch that movie over and over again, because it's a movie about things happening over and over again. And it feels a bit monotonous to me, but some of you love it. And Solomon says it this way in Ecclesiastes 1, he gets to verse 11, after Solomon has described the fact that everything's like a mist, it's like your breath on a cold day, it's there and it's gone. You, you, you think you're grabbing onto something and it eludes you. And in verse 11, he says, we do not remember those people and events of long ago as future generations will not remember what is yet to come. Solomon acknowledged that one of the biggest problems that we have is that we don't learn from men or women of old. Uh, in fact, part of what I'd suggest to you, one of the big problems about starting over, whether you're starting over in a new relationship or a new job or uh, trying to start over in your finances, I hope some of you have paid off debt. And unless you deal with some realities, you know what you end up doing? Repeating the same mistakes, right? We talked about last week. History repeats itself. And so Solomon knew that we had this tendency not to learn from our own mistakes. This is what I want you to know. We don't learn our lesson either from history of our parents or from ourselves. We just don't do it. Now, you might do it in the small things, right? If I throw a baseball at you and you realize like this thing, it, it hit me. And uh, next time you dodge, right? In the small things, we tend to learn. In the big things, we repeat the same mistakes over and over and over again. In fact, if your mom married somebody that was codependent, you know what you're likely to do? Marry somebody that's codependent. We, we search out some of the same things over and over and over again. Solomon, in fact, you would think, right, if anybody's gonna get marriage right, Eventually Solomon would, why? Because he had more than a thousand wives, right? Can you imagine you're at 999 and you're like, she's definitely my soulmate, for sure my soulmate. And then you're like, maybe not, let's try 1000 and 1001 and on and on and on. And the reality is for most of us, it, it becomes like muscle memory, right? The problem with my golf swing is that I've got a lot of muscle memory in a bad golf swing. And until I can fix it, right? And what you have to do to fix your golf swing, I've learned it's expensive. You need to go into one of these places and they got cameras at every angle and they figure out what's wrong with your golf swing. They help you fix it. And then you have to repeat the right golf swing over and over and over again. And Ecclesia, if you want to start over, and I hope you do, I want to start over. 
I want a fresh start. I want to start over and not repeat the same mistakes. And if you're going to do that, what you've got to do is create new muscle memory. And that only comes from examining the mistakes that you made before. And then when you've lived an examined life, as Socrates would say, then you've got the opportunity for real change. Uh, Recently, um, I went skiing and um, I got up to Tahoe uh, with some dear friends and, um, and I hadn't skied in a while. I got a bad hip, but what I learned is, like riding a bike, um, like a golf swing, there's a lot of muscle memory, right? But even in the places that I had the muscle memory, I still could remember how to ski. You know what happened? Uh, Many of you know, years ago, I broke my hip. And uh, even where I had the muscle memory, I wasn't even able to execute what I still knew how to do. Does that make sense? So we've got so many things going against us. We either are going to continue to make the same mistakes or sometimes we even know how to do the right thing and we're just not able to do it. We have a pattern. We have a tendency, Ecclesia, to repeat the same patterns. If we're going to start over, what it takes is to examine our lives, to look long and hard. And I think when Saul got knocked over and blinded on a road to Damascus, God met him in a way that forced him to examine his life completely. And so I wonder, what would it take to get us there? And this is the primary question I want you to ask. If you want to examine your own life, this is what it looks like. This is the question I want you to ask. What did you do to get to this place? So whatever place you're in, relationship, job, finances, you name it, your physical health, what did you actually do to get to that place? Are you willing and able to examine your responsibility in all of it? In recent weeks, as we've looked at politics, Uh, One of the best things that's happened, right? It was to see politicians, literally, step forward. Have you you seen it? They they called press conferences. They gathered everybody. And this is what they did. They stood in front of the camera. They said, hey, listen, the world's a mess. Politics are a mess. And we're to blame. Like, we're the ones that got you here. This is what we've done. Both parties, right? They just called these press conferences and they owned it. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I don't think that happened, man. It didn't. They're... Okay, maybe the politicians didn't do that. I may, have, I may have dreamed it. I guess the politicians didn't do that. Maybe they didn't own anything, and maybe that's the problem. And you know what? That's the problem for you, and that's the problem for me. Um, that I've made some mistakes, and what I tend to want to do is I've got a story, right, about why it was other people's problem. And you know what? It was some of other people's problem. But the only way I can prevent, if I'm going to start over, making the same mistakes over and over and over again is to own it. I did something to get there, right? I contributed in significant ways, partially or wholly, right? And the politicians didn't do it because they come by it honestly, and so did you and I. We're all descendants of Adam and Eve, and Adam and Eve were were created and born into a world, and at some point, um, we'll go through another series where I'll talk to you about how to read the book of Genesis. There's a lot of confusion about it. Genesis is a beautiful book. It's an amazing book. People go, well, um, do you believe the creation account? And I want to go, which one? There are two in the beginning of Genesis, right? They're poetic, and they, they teach us about who we are. That's what Genesis is about. And at the beginning of mankind, what it tells us is that God established the world with almost no rules. There was one rule, one rule, don't eat of this tree. 
And when mankind violated the one rule, right? God came and he walked among them. He was present with them, with Adam, which means mankind, and Eve, right? The mother of all. And as he walked among them, it was clear, like shame had entered the world, guilt had entered the world. And God said, what happened? Who told you you were naked, right? And, and mankind, Adam said, um, the woman, right, that you gave me. And he started pointing two fingers before he could even get out of the gate. And the reality is we come by it honestly. We want to blame everyone. 2021 is a year to start over. I hope it's more than a Chris Stapleton song. I hope it's an opportunity. New relationships, new vocations. You live in a new house. You get a new sense of health. You, you get a new family, right? You can decide in this year, how do you want to relate to your family? You can create some new rhythms that are really beautiful. And if you want to do it well, you can start with owning your responsibility and the things that are wrong that got you to this place. Because the reality is, Ecclesia, self-righteousness is the most toxic thing you can find spiritually. The sense of, I did it right and everybody else was wrong. And if you're willing, and I'm willing, to ask this question, what did I do to get in this mess? And I focus on my responsibility. And you focus on your responsibility. We can start over in 2021 in some really beautiful and meaningful ways. So will you spend some time this week and ask that question, what did I do to get here? And if you focus on your responsibility, beautiful things will happen. The second thing I want you to consider as we try to start over is that I think it will help you a great deal, it would help me a great deal if you slow down. And you realize, right, time is your friend. Um, Often when we make big mistakes, we think time's our enemy, right? Our friends are ahead of us and we gotta catch up, right? We're behind professionally, we're behind relationally, like our kids are behind. Have you, have you seen parents already acting like their kids are behind and they're, they're just not, they're just kids, right? They, they all go at their own pace, right? And, and the reality is that I function this way too, right? That I want to think like, I mean, if I'm gonna spend a time like I did in 2020 where there were seasons where it felt like I could gain a pound a day, right? then I wanna lose a pound a day, right? And the truth is, it takes a lot more time to fix what I messed up than it did to mess it up. Like I can mess it up really fast. Like I can gain five pounds in a weekend if I really try. And in Houston, Texas, it's a lot of fun trying, right? And when things feel kind of hopeless, you're like food and wine and cheese and bread and let's just, and at the end of it, you're like, wow. And you know how long it takes? to work off that five pounds, it takes a lot longer than the weekend of indulgence, right? And it's, it's not just with food, it's with finances, it's with relationships, it's true with family, it takes a while. There are a lot, and this is what I hope you can hold on to. The Bible's filled with turnaround stories, right? Stories about second chances, right? I mean, you go through Moses, right? Moses thought, I mean, he was this Egyptian royalty. And then he realized, like, I don't think I'm really Egyptian royalty. Like, I seem like it, but I'm not. I'm different. And, and God took him out of the wilderness, right? He killed a man. These awful things happened. And God took some time to reshape him and rebirth him as uh, a, a real opportunity to, to be a, a, a saving force for his people, right? 
He, he becomes a salvation figure in the scriptures. He had this massive turnaround. But Moses spent 40 years in the wilderness trying to figure it out, right? And it wasn't easy. David, Joseph, you go on down the line. Uh, these people that God used in significant ways and they had massive turnarounds. Uh, but it took time. And I want to remind you that time's your friend. If you feel the pressure to start a new job, move into a new house, start a new relationship, and you need to do it fast, my gut is you're going to make a big mistake. And instead, if we'll take a deep breath, especially in this season where the world's turning upside down, take a deep breath and say, all right, I want to make a really good decision. And you know what we do when we want to make a good decision? We seek God. We seek friends. We ask for insight and we do it humbly. When you've got a friend that comes to you and says, hey, I've met this person and I think they're the one I'm supposed to marry, right? You go, great, let me meet them and I'll give you my input, right? And when you share that input in humble and healthy ways and and there's a back and forth and a dialogue that says, man, this is really good. When, when you go through a process, right, and you're, you're a widow and you've lost a spouse and you've got to figure out what does it look like to sell my house and start over? Um, you, you don't want to do it overnight, right? In a, in a time of grief, you don't want to just sell the house and, and blow your life up. You, you want to be patient. You want to bring in your kids and your family and your close friends and say, what does it look like for God to grant me a new season? And you seek wisdom and counsel. And then you'd ask this question. This is what I want you to consider. Two questions, and then I'll send you out with a prayer. When you look backwards at what you did, if you'd ask the question, how would I do this differently the next time? If you know and can acknowledge like, hey, I made some mistakes. I've got to own how I got there. And then you start to ask some questions about how would I do this differently, right? And for some of us, we realize I, I made decisions because um, I would have been embarrassed to make the right decision. I sat with a, a remarkable, loving friend recently who's got the benefit of a lot of age and experience. And she described a story where um, she learned, right, the night before her wedding, that this was probably a bad idea, but the invitations were out and people were there. And facing potential embarrassment and humility at a young age, she just thought, I could never do it. And you look back when you're a little bit older and you realize, you know what, embarrassment and, and humiliation, it's probably not the worst. Like um, getting myself into a bad decision, that, that would be the worst, right? And with age and experience, we start to examine some things. Many of us would say, I, I would become less focused when I make a decision on what other people think of me. You, you realize that no matter what you do, somebody's going to be disappointed in you, right? Somebody's not going to like it. Doesn't matter what you do. The ultimate question is, right? What does God think of what you do? Do you stand with a clear conscience before God? And if we can do that, we can stand in that place and we can say, I made these mistakes before. I know now I would do some things differently. Then we can step into this new season in business, in relationships, in finances, uh, in an outlook on a new year and how we're going to parent and raise kids. We can start over afresh. And then, and I'll leave you with this one. If you want to start over fresh, this is one I want to suggest to you as clearly as I can. We will hold on to baggage no matter what, unless we embrace true forgiveness. This is the final question I'd ask you. 
Can you forgive yourself for the mistakes that have led you to this place that you need to start over? Can you forgive yourself and can you let it go? This is the good news, Ecclesia. Whatever it is that has brought you, you can look at this job and you can go, man, at first I just said the job was a disaster and the economy went south and these partners lied to me and I didn't get what I wanted and it was all their fault. And then you step in and maybe today even is a process of saying, you know what, I made some mistakes. I jumped into it too fast. I didn't ask the right questions. I signed a contract I didn't read. You know, you, you did some things to get there. But if you hold on to guilt and shame about the mistakes you've made, you will also continue to repeat them. Here's the good news, Ecclesia. God forgives you. Christ has forgiven you, no matter what your failure. And when Christ has forgiven you, you enter 2021 and you enter this new season with a clean slate. He, he doesn't hold any of your failures against you. And if Christ won't hold it against you, you shouldn't hold it against yourself. And you know what? You don't have to let anybody else hold it against you. I believe that this year, as crazy as it may be coming off of this last year, I believe this is an opportunity for all of us to start clean. I'm so excited for our church to begin to regather in the months ahead. I don't know how many months it'll be. I want the vaccine to get out there, but you know what? We're gonna restart with some new ways, right? We're gonna restart with some new wisdom about how we got into places that maybe we didn't wanna be. There are places that we burned out our staff because we were doing so many services. And you know what? There may be fewer services or they may be at different times and we may gather in some different ways. And you know what? All of that can be beautiful and good if we start fresh and we look to and say, God, where are you leading us? How will you guide us? I know that all of this can feel overwhelming as the world's changing. Today, I wanna to invite you into the hope and the opportunity that in the midst of the change, God's up to something good for you, for your family, for your vocation, for your finances, for our church, and specifically for our church and our mission across the world. Because ultimately what we're called to do is to bless those who are hurting. And what I mentioned to you at the beginning of the service is so true. The gap between those who have and do not have is more severe than ever in the history of our country and in our city. And our church should be and is poised to reach in. As we give and share, we're able to help those who no longer have a job. We're able to help those who no longer have food. And that's the purpose of the church. And that's where we find our greatest joy. And so, even in a season where we're not gathering together in the ways we used to, though we are gathering regularly for Evensong, our outdoor worship, we're gathering weekly now for a short Eucharist service. You're gonna keep your kids with you. We're not sending them off to kids ministry. We haven't figured out how to do all of that yet in a way that's safe. Um, but you know what? We can gather and we can have the Eucharist. We can have a short sermon. We can sing some songs and we can go back and do what God's called us to do. Yeah, we're gonna wear masks. We're gonna keep some distance. We're gonna be outdoors, but it's worship and it's good and it's beautiful. So join with me, Ecclesia, and let's choose to be hopeful as we go forward. Not because you figured it out or I figured it out. I don't deserve the blessings that I've been given. But as I look back at the mistakes I've made in the past, I believe I've got an opportunity to start anew and to trust God in that. I pray today, and I'm gonna pray for you now, that we will trust God with our future and our opportunities to get a new start in 2021. Lord God, I thank you for my brothers and sisters. I thank you that you blessed us richly as a church. For some of us, we realize even today, we're among that group that's able to work from home and we're doing really well. Lord, help us to be more generous 
so that as a church and as a family, we can care for those that no longer have any vocation or income, uh, that are afraid and desperate right now, many that have kids and they're struggling. Lord, we ask you um, to guide us towards those opportunities, to open our hands and our wallets and our bank accounts so that we can share freely. We all come from places that we desire a fresh start, professionally, relationally, financially, in so many places. And we ask that this year, you would give us eyes to see the mistakes we've made in the past, the ability to own it, to refuse to fall into the trap of Adam and Eve and all of humanity since, and blame everyone else. Instead, see the places we've contributed to the problem and start anew, not carrying over the same mistakes. We pray all of this together and we pray it as a family. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we pray, amen. Thank you, Pastor Chris, for your words of encouragement, challenge, and invitation. Sisters and brothers, we now come to the table of Jesus. And as the scriptures encourage, we will spend some time in examination of our own hearts. Please join me in this communion confession prayer. Lord, you have made us to be free, but we crave the cheap comforts of our chains. You have made us to serve others, but we have eyes only for ourselves. You have made us to love, but we are inflamed with lust. You provide that we may be generous, but we greedily hoard as if your well will run dry. You forgive time and again, but we hold fast to the sins of others. You offer light for our path, but we insist on making our own way. You are the God who saves. Lord, save us from ourselves. In your great mercy, restore and heal us and grant us your peace. Amen. Ecclesia, at our table, we have the body of Christ and we have the blood of Christ. We are encouraged to take and eat, to take and drink, to remember Jesus, to remember the incredible love that God has for us, to remember the incredible sacrifice that he makes on our behalf, taking on death so that we can have life. And so today, Ecclesia, this is the body broken for you. This is the blood shed for you. Let us taste the forgiveness and redemption. Amen.
Ecclesia, I'm going to invite us into another pause for gratitude for our incredible band who lead us in praise and worship every single week. We are so grateful that God has given them such incredible talent and a desire to serve. And out of that, they get to give us these gifts. So band members, instrumentalists, vocalists, if you're watching this, please accept this heartfelt thank you on behalf of us all. It's my special treat now to lead us in our kids' blessing. So if there are kids in your home, you know, gather them around. If you don't have kids in your home, like I don't have kids in my home, think of kids that you know, whether they're grandchildren, their nieces, nephews, maybe kids in the street, children that you teach, kids that you possibly sponsor around the world. And let's bring them to your heart in this moment. And would you join me as I pray for all these precious kids? Creator, Redeemer, Comforter, we thank you for the gift of children for the smiles they bring, for the questions they ask, for the joy of wonder and discovery that they bring back into our lives. We ask for your continued blessing on them, that they would grow in love, kindness, faith, hope, joy, and peace and most importantly, an intimate love relationship with you. Thank you for bringing them into our lives. Amen. Our benediction is a poem by St. Francis of Assisi. Joy is the greatest cleanser, and it is the greatest testimony to our faith. Toil with happiness. My Lord once said to me, God sent a servant on an errand through a dangerous part of the world. The servant, having received in hand what God wanted delivered, turned to the holy and said, My beloved master, do you have a final instruction? And God replied, A kind face is a precious gift. So family, go forth. Greet the day that yet remains with a kind face. Share it with the one in the mirror, as well as with all those in your path. You are loved. Dwell in peace. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information, 
please visit our website at www.ecclesiahouston.org.